0: Everyone, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. And today, uh, once again, I'm joined by Chris from IPRAC and AES Events. Uh, as I mentioned last week, he's going to be joining me on quite a few podcasts going forward, which is amazing because he's got a wealth of knowledge. And today, we're going to be talking about taking it right back to the beginning and um, what we maybe would have done a bit differently and uh, if we were starting again. Probably a bit easier for me to remember because it was only several years ago for Chris. We're talking, um, you know, a quarter of a century, but yeah, pretty much. Uh, sure. <laughs> head and, uh, and pull some golden nuggets out. Um, as always, the, uh, the podcast is sponsored by IPRAC and also the Luke Days Academy. Uh, if you haven't checked out those websites, please do so. Uh, so, Chris, let's start. I mean, um, you know, there's probably a, a million things we can talk about. I think we have probably both and you're definitely more than me, learned a lot of hard lessons. But mm-hmm. uh, if you could start all over again, where, where do you think you would start? What do you think you would do a bit differently?
1: It is. A, it's, a fa- it's a fantastic question because it's, you know, I, I sometimes look at it. I mean, although you can't change the past. You've certainly got to lo- go back and uh, and try to learn from it. You know what I mean. And I think if I go back to like 22 years ago when I started, I mean there wasn't any kind of like Airbnb structure back then anyway. You know, like really the booking platforms weren't as strong as they are today, so we weren't even entertaining them back then. So I mean, I think the biggest the biggest thing that probably the mistake that I had was listing properties that didn't suit our brand yeah and i think that's probably what most people make that mistake today because they they're on this kind of parallel to like watching what other people are doing and they believe this word scale is all about getting to a certain number of properties as quick as you can yeah now a lot of people when you haven't got the experience um you believe that that's the right thing to do so you're constantly looking for new properties and as soon as somebody knocks on your door or or I know somebody who's looking for a property you've got this mindset to kind of say I'll I'll take it I'll take it and you haven't even looked at it as a um is this going to suit what I'm trying to achieve with a brand standing you know what i mean so like i had a vision for what i wanted to build at aes and it was all about around the corporate market and a a specific standing. So I probably went to like 25 properties in the first eight months. Um, But I would say 18 of them properties weren't suiting the brand. Mm -hmm. So when I was then going to like these corporate clients like MTV and Disney and having these conversations, it was difficult for me because I was thinking, I'm sending them links to properties that aren't really suitable to what they're looking for. So I soon realised quite quickly that I needed to identify exactly what type of properties I wanted to be showcasing against my brand and my market. And then quite quickly I diversed into like, okay, no, that property suits us. Okay, we'll take it. That property doesn't. But I think the first 12 months of our journey we probably listed like 20, 30 properties that we had to get rid of quite quickly. And and I think some people will think that it's better just to get the properties on yeah. and then change them as you go. And some people have that mindset, but I don't believe that it's the right one because it's like it's it's affecting your brand. If you're trying to say that you're a luxury corporate accommodation provider, but your website's showing something completely different, you've got a mixed you, you know, you've got a mixed message So you've always got to stay on point So the advice I would give to anybody starting offer Who's in the first few years of their business They've probably already made this mistake Sort it out quick yeah. You know, really go through your listings Find out, does that properly really suit What I'm trying to achieve in my brand And if it doesn't, get rid of it Even if it's losing your money Because... Yeah. Because brand is everything and that's how you build.
0: Yeah, I think the uh and I, I've I've just been through this the last eighteen months. Uh as you say at the beginning, it's difficult when as you say you're inexperienced, you don't know these things, and someone's waving effectively cash at your front door and saying, Take it, you know. And I think as a as a scaling business, you're like, Well, I want more money because that's gonna, you know, that's what we're doing it for. That's probably why you started. That could be the the two or three units that get you out of your job and then you can go full time. So it is easy to, to take or easier to take it. And again, if you don't know, um, or you don't think about brand, which I think you, you don't really do at the beginning, unless maybe you've had an experience in another business where you have worked on that type of stuff or been around it. But, um, I know um, from my own experience, we've cleaned, I would say, hundred units out in the last eighteen months that are exactly that. They, mm. they shouldn't have been taken on in the first place. Um, they either won't upgrade them. I'm not prepared to upgrade them, um, or you know, they just aren't in the right areas. Even mm. if the properties look okay, they're just not in the right areas, um, and where I think it's probably massively different probably between you and I and, and you and probably everybody that's listening to this is your you've never used your Airbnbs your booking.coms and all that sort of stuff. So I would say it's even more important now because that one bad property or two or three properties that don't suit your brand, or they're not up to standards, are uh, they're, they're going to actually drag down your brand score on all these platforms. Uh, single-handedly, they can destroy your whole brand on the review element, and we certainly have suffered from this. You know, and mm-hmm. we we we've had. You know, if you look at uh, the problem properties that we look at uh, on a monthly basis, and over the last you know year and a half, we've analysed and been like, well, that's just constantly getting bad reviews because you know, it's the beds aren't well, or the the, the standard's not good, or, you know, the, the couch is stained and the, the owner won't replace it. And, you know, so that, that score, although it's on that one property on some of the platforms, like say Airbnb, where it's an amalgamated score, it's actually dragging your whole brand down. Absolutely. So you've got to, and, and, and that really hit home for me about 18 months. And it's not been an easy fix to just then, you know rewrite it because when you've got thousands of reviews you need a hell of a lot of five stars to start nudging that score back up and up absolutely and
1: up. but also also reputation is like it's very difficult to to understand the metrics behind it so you've got no idea if somebody's having a having a you know if that bad property I can tell you it is having a bad effect, but you as a, an experienced or a new operator in experience, he can't see that it's having a bad effect on it because he's not seeing the metrics to back it up because you're not, you're just, you're not talking to these people. So it's, yeah. you know, your reputation is being damaged without you even realising what's going on, you yeah. know? And reputation is everything. It's like you've got to be, you've got to start from day one how you mean to go on. And that is like deciding... On who you what type of operator you want to be? what market do you want to operate in? you know what standard of properties do you want to be renowned for? Do you want to be that kind of like luxury end and you don't dip down into the mediocre end. you know that's like that's somebody else's job. You've got to decide exactly which market you want to play in and that's where you've got to work in. that's that's the reputation you've got to keep at all times. And things like bad properties are exactly that. You know what I mean? So you've got to be working on your reputation.
0: Like there's, you, you know, even your bad property that is getting bad reviews, it might still get booked for a yes. few time. There's like a yeah. lag on the actual effect. So, you know, that bad property is still getting booked. So you're thinking, all right, it's getting bad reviews or it's like substandard, but I'm still getting money in the front door. But what you're not realizing is eventually that is going to start tailing it off. And exactly. then... You, problem later on but you can't see it at the beginning because you're still getting paid exactly and you're doing a good job because you're getting the revenue you're giving it to the investor you know we've just let a block of flats go which um they still earn very well but they just the, the, the every single time on the evening reports and the ops team um there's always a little niggle about that block of flats whether it's this or that or the other and we've reached out to the owner uh, numerous times over the last probably six, seven months and said, we've got to upgrade these properties. And we're not asking you to spend money just for the sake of spending money. It will improve your, your, your reviews. You'll get more bookings. We can increase the rates, you yeah. know, higher occupancy. There will be a, an, it's an investment, you know, you'll get that. And they're just like, and, and then we, I literally, you know, very little response back. We've actually gone and done some stuff off our own back to just try and glammed them up a bit and swallowed the cost because i know that you know the the money's coming in and and we get the fees but it's got the point where it's like if you don't do it we're gonna have to let you go and they're like all right we'll just go to a different company and it's like right fine and but i would advise that company whoever it is do not take that block of flats on you know because they're not in the standard that needs to be there's a there's a exact same replication next door from a different operator done out to the nines and they're charging I think it's £55 per night more per per property you know and it's just because they've invested in it rather than mm-hmm. just you know, let it run to the ground and um, you know it, I've even said like if you want me to pay for it and, and, and you can pay us back out the revenue if you haven't got the funds to do it you know but um because I can see the bigger picture now mm-hmm. but some owners are just so blind to it and they think that you can I think prior to COVID, you probably could get away with it a lot more. But now the game is, it's totally changed. And the, the quality that you need to be putting units in is is huge. And if you're not, um, you know, well, if, if you're not doing it, you, you, you're not going to. I think my, we've just finished four projects. Um, and prior to that, I think our average renovation was around the 18, 19 grand mark. These four renovations have averaged 44 grand. Each, each, yeah. So like that's the difference. We're we're spending more money. We're doing more things to the properties to try and keep pace with the competition, make them look mint, you know, and 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 increase that brand.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, anything around about, I mean, you you know, anything investment wise, anything around about fifteen hundred a square meter is around about the the price you should be paying to get a a real top end property. You Mm. know what I mean? Like like for that for the for the SDR market, like clean you know, w- well, well, um, you know, the right kind of furniture, the right standard of beds, kitchen and everything like that. But at the same time, you what people have got to be very careful of, Ryan, is like trying to be a little bit of everything. Yeah. And, uh, and, like, and that shows in the type of properties that you represent on your, within your website, within your brand. Because if you've got like three luxury villas, right, and they're like, and you promoting yourself as a luxury operator, But then also you've got like a block that's like for the lower market. And it's like, where's your marketing going? How are you going to define where your marketing is? You've got to decide within this market. There's so many within short term rentals. There's so many, you know, differentiations of what market you can be in corporate luxury, you know, uh, long term, short term. You know, there's all these different things. And then again, your brand identity everybody in this world of str starting off all just gets this same um short-term rental blueprint it's like get as many properties as you can plug them into an ota through a channel manager and a pms and and watch the money come in that and that's like and they think they've run they think they've constructed a business and they haven't you know it's like the that there's so much more that has to go into what you, you know, what you decide you want to be. So you've got to have that discovery at the start of like, which market do I want to attend in? What's my competition like within that market in my area? Do I want to expand into other areas? What level of property do I want to be operating at? What's my market? Um, you know, who's my market? So all of yeah. these aspects have to come in to then decide how you are going to build your company around winning in that space. You know, and it, you can't just, it's not just about saying I'm a short-term rental operator and your website has no identity of like who you are as a brand. And, and that's what I, thats so going back to the question at the start, I think a lot of people are making this mistake, which I did as well, but I only realized it was a mistake as time goes on and yeah. the, the more experience you get. So if I can give anybody any advice today is go back to discovery and really look at who you want to be. What brand you want to represent, and then make sure your properties that like you're that like you're listing and onboarding are in line with that within your, within your brand and your reputation and your goal of what you're trying to achieve.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think also, and I know we've touched base on this before when we're talking offline. The you know educating um, every area of your business, I think, is, is important. So um, you know, a lot of people will you know, and I did the same, you know, oh, I need a direct booking website. So you're going to get a website, but you're not actually doing anything on the website to educate the guests about who you are, what your brand is, what your vision is, what the safety policies are, how they yes. get problem, um, you know, what happens if, you know, as you, as yes. you know, fact and money doesn't exist. And I think also, if you do want to become, um, you know, and I think you've got to also be educating the landlords that you're maybe renting off if you're doing rental arbitrage. And just mm. this is how it works. I'm not going to lie to you. There's probably going to be a bit of damage on your property, but this is what happens if it if, if it does get damaged. Um, yeah. And then I think again, if you want to go into the sort of the, um, the the property management world, then again, you've got to be educating your owners about this isn't good enough. That's not good enough. If you don't do this, you're not going to get bookings. In fact, if you don't do that, we're not actually going to take this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely.
1: You know, I think that's one of the other aspects that I learned quite quickly was. Um, at, the, at the start, I would let, and it didn't last long, but it did happen, was letting owners dictate how how we were going to be running our business. You know, like, so, like, you know, if we were saying, like, if we were doing the short-term rental and the owner would say, I'll give you the keys on, the, on Saturday, for example, and you're like, yeah, but the guest's arriving, like, Sunday. You know, we need to get in and prepare it, for example, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, but I'm there. I'll be staying there. And I've got friends there or whatever. I won't have that time to do that. So you can come around and get the keys at five o'clock on Saturday and putting us under the pressure that we don't need to be under. Yeah. You know? So once I had the mindset of like, no, 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 no. This isn't going to happen like this. Right? We're, we're running the show here. Okay? And we decide how it all goes. And if you're not on board with that, then we don't want to work with you. So all of a sudden, we became the brand that kind of was like, everybody wanted to work with us because we had that mindset of like, no, no, you can't do that. You know, we can't do that, you know, but at the same time, because we developed this, we were the number one agency in Cannes. So everybody wanted to work with us and it was a knock on effect, you know? So like we stood out as like the, the agency who like, you can't, you've got to give them the keys two days before the rental. And they're like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. But they get, they rent it. Mm -hmm. So like, you you know but they won't accept you. to give you you give you the keys 24 hours before it's just not in there so who decides so you've got to start what you said before educating the owners and being very firm of how you operate as a brand and and as a company and people respect you for that because again it taps into the reputation that you are you're a professional you know what you're talking about you know how to get the best out of the rental you know how to make sure that the guest is happy which turns into retention and referral. So all of a sudden, you, you've you got to have that attitude of like, I'm the expert. Yeah. I'm the short-term rental company. You own a bit of a real estate asset. You can earn money out of it if you listen to me. Right?
0: Well, we, we've and if, had, and
1: um, that's how you have to do it. We,
0: we've had this twice in the last week where... Uh, owners have have actually emailed into the the, the team and basically said, um, and one of them wanted these, so we we've got his nightly pricing about one eight nine base rate, um, which is you know utilizing our expertise, the data that we've got internally and externally, the softwares that we use, um, and he's like, I want it at three four nine because that's what the deal source had told me I'd get, <laughs> and it's like, it's like, <laughs> so I you know it's like, okay, well we can put it at 349 can do whatever you want us to do but our advice is strongly against that because as you say, we are the experts we've done this for a while we know how the game plays out i can guarantee your occupancy will drop massively you may even get no bookings and you know response back was i'm willing to take the risk and say like, all right that's fine but that's that's not where the book stops so he said team do it monitor it if we're not getting any bookings, there's no point in us having that listed. Because it's, you know, we don't earn unless we're getting
1: yeah, money
0: absolutely. through the door. They're only going to get more pissed off with us if we're not getting money through the door. But ultimately, it's not us that have caused the issue at the beginning. It's it's however they've got into that deal. So we need to manage that situation. As you said, it might be a conversation at the end of the month. Say, listen, unless you either start taking our advice, because as you can see, your 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 system hasn't worked. Um, then, really, we, we, you're gonna have to go somewhere else because yeah. that's our model. And I think yeah. you've got to be, um, I think you've got to again coming back to early mistakes. Is don't be afraid to to sack a client and walk away from the money because the damage is far greater. Because it doesn't matter; they'll quickly forget that they told you that they wanted that price at that price. Yeah. All of a sudden, it'll be oh well, you're not good. You're not getting me any bookings I'm blowing money. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And they're never going to shout about the deal saucer either. It's it's you as the middleman who's servicing the contract that's going to become the issue. And I think, again, coming back to your brand, you've got to then protect your brand as well. And um, I think, you know, it's one thing I've definitely learned over the last um, you know, few years has the management side of the business has, has got bigger and bigger and bigger is to really you know, decide who your client is that you want to work with as well. So when we're buying stock now, we've also got a different type of stock we want to buy based on, yeah. you know, uh, lessons learned from the beginning. Um, but when, when we're looking at other people's properties, it's like, you know, as I was saying before, somebody who um, somebody who has probably bought a deal off a deal source, uh, it's their first rent-to-rent unit and they bought into shiny penny syndrome. You don't want them, you know, because then more than likely isn't going to be enough margin in that deal to then pay your fees and for them to make a profit. Ideally, those properties need to be run by themselves to be able to make a few hundred pounds a month. Yeah, you know, so uh, we would take them on all day long before because you know they'd be like, oh well, we're going to buy loads of deals and da 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 da, da, and you're like, okay, great, we'll work with you, you know, this and the other. But as time's gone on, it's like these deals are not working. Or what we will do is we'll say. We need to see the deal that you bought. What are the numbers? And then we'll cross-reference them if we feel like we can still squeeze some money out of it for you. Of course, we'll take it on if it's in the right condition. But you know we'll be open and honest and say, Do you know what? you have massively overpaid for that. And that those nightly rates are not achievable. Yeah, uh, And, absolutely. and we, are, we, we would actually recommend that you operate this yourself. And then it's normally, well, I haven't got time. I've got a job. That's why I bought a deal. It was meant to be passive, blah, blah, blah. And it's you know, and the inexperience then kicks in. But um, you know, I think choosing choosing your properties, choosing the standards, and and then again on the back end of that, as you scale, and most people will move into property management. Choosing your owners correctly will, will yeah. Do I mean, a business quicker.
1: Yeah, I mean, we did we did an initi- we did an initiative like it was like I think it was like two thousand five, right? So we're going back quite quite a lot of years, and we did an initiative where we like opened a consultation arm to our business where we would say to people, don't buy before you speak to us. Right. Cause what was happening is what was happening is you've got a real estate agencies here in the South of France, right? Loads of them. Now what they tell a client is completely different to what the reality is on the ground. Right. So like, I mean, to give an example, we had a guy come into our office years and years and years ago and he turned around and goes, I'm just to, I'm just looking around to see which agency I'm going to use. Um, and um, and I'm just looking to see what prices you're going to offer us. And I was kind of like, well, you know, first of all, you know, you don't decide if, we, if you're going to work with us. We decide whether we're going to work with you, right? So you need to get that into your mind first, okay? So, and the second thing is, these are the prices that we would expect to offer you net on these six congresses, right? Um... And he would come back and go, so you'd only give me like 8,000 euros for the film festival? And we would be like, yeah, net to you. That's like in your pocket, 8,000 euros. I said, yeah, but the real estate agent told me I'd be getting like close to like 16, 17. I said, well, why don't you go and ask him if he can rent it then? <laughs> you know, he's like, well, well they, don't, they don't do rental. Said so for an intelligent guy, you bought a property of somebody who told you, you could get 16 who doesn't do rentals, and you took his word for it. That doesn't seem very smart to me. Yeah. So what we did is we I realized quite quickly that there was this like gap in between like the education of real estate was telling owners what they wanted to hear to sell the property so they could earn their, their money, okay, because they're salespeople at the end of the day, but then they were passing them over to the rental agencies with misinformation. And the rental agencies were giving them the bad news, you know. So we created this arm within our business where we offered a consultation, and we were inundated because what people people happened was, before they were before they were buying, they were coming to us, and we were charging like nearly two, like back even back in 2005, close to like 2,400 euros a consultation. But what that included was we would go and visit the property with them as their rental agency. And we would then be able to tell them exactly what they could get over a certain meeting. And, and we would do a, over a, like a nine year plan and tell yeah. them that you've got to be, you've got to be paying X for this property for it to work out. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and we would tell them to, so we were helping people like uh, avoiding jumping into bed on a bad deal, you know? So all of a sudden this was, you know, so we were making so much money just on, on this arm of advert, ad, you know, advising, you know, pre-buyers on whether it was a good deal or not and whether they would earn any money out of it plus the the capital appreciation and things so if you're starting off in short-term rentals you've got to know the business yeah. you know like and I like i said before the blueprint is like properties airbnb a little mini direct booking website and that's kind of what all people are tending to do you know but they're not educating themselves on the whole um scenario of how it all fits together you know like you have you know you've like emerged yourself in understanding the whole global market of how short-term rental works in terms of markets pricing you know partnerships real estate to rent and all of these different aspects which is important so yeah. even if you're just starting off you need to do that because you can gain new owners by that having that education of being able to say to them look come and speak to us we can tell you what you should be buying what areas should you should be buying and once you've bought it we can then manage it but mm-hmm. don't come to us with a with a with a deal that you've purchased that doesn't stack up because it's not good for anybody
0: no yeah it's only it's only used the brand that that suffers from that i think um i think uh, another lesson that i you know probably learned is uh, and learn the hard way is you know understaffing so i think you know if you if you are on a you can scale property management companies quite quickly because you can acquire, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 units a month, you know, you, you can, and more, you can, you can go quickly. Um, but I think when, w- what what you need to do is always be kind of ahead of the curve slightly on, on your recruitment, because I probably burnt out some good staff that, you know, would have been really well suited in the business now, had they not took the towel in. Um, and also, I think... Um, I am a massive advocate of the clockwork uh, sort of book, the mentality around that of um, keeping people in their own lane. So, you know, I would have—I remember one of my first employees was kind of—they were doing ops, they were doing direct booking sales, they were doing cleaning linen, you know, they were doing everything. And then I was like, "Why, why have we not done any of that?" And they're like, "Well, I've no time. I've been doing that." Yeah. You know, but you don't get it at the time. You just think, oh, well, I can only afford one member of staff, so I've got to get my money's worth out of them. But really, all you're doing is creating a lot of inefficiencies in the business, which then, uh, you know, don't serve you long-term anyway because you'll end up burning that stuff out, you'll lose them, they're demotivated, and they're not doing a good job anyway. So then, again, come back the brand, it can have effects there, especially when you're you know, I see a lot of people jumping on the property management gig because, obviously, it's no risk. And um, – well, it's no risk financially. There are a mm-hmm. lot of risks to it, which people don't probably uh, give any credit to, but there's no risk financially. So they think, oh, well, I'll just jump in that space and I'll start managing. When you're managing for somebody else, you are like, you're taking on their baby. You've got, it's more responsibility than just, you know, if you fuck up on your shit, you fuck up. If you do it on somebody else's, like the risks of, you know, bad brand reputation, letting people down, uh, potentially losing money for them. You know, and, and they are things that you have to be concerned about as a business owner if you want to be in the game long term. And I mm-hmm. think a lot Absolutely. of people, they don't factor that in. And I think directly linked to that behind the scenes is their operation. It's like, OK, well, if you're going to take on that, you're going to have to start investing in staff systems, processes and softwares, because if not, you will let them down. And that will only affect you later on down the line.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I did the same. I did the same, but I think as well is uh, it's that kind of scenario of you can't see the wood for the trees, when you're in that when you're in that like kind of like building building your business, you kind of you you you're putting all of the hats on, you know. And I mean, and you and you you strongly believe that that's the way to do it, but if you can take that time out where you can sit back and analyze the business, like analyze your PL and and have the systems in place so that you're monitoring how the business is operating you can quite easily see where what you can afford in the future because most people most people are like really blind into what they can see they're just like more properties maximum rentals maximum price reduce the cleaning you know more in more less out all that kind of mindset but it's like they're not looking even a week ahead you know, so they're not, they don't even have a system. I mean, I've spoke to, I've done consultations before for some property managers and I've, and I've said like, you know, let's have a look at your p and like, what, what do you mean? What's a pl And i am like, well, you don't have a pl at all. Like it's not something you look at on a, di- I mean, I love looking at our p because for me that I look at that, like the map to the, yeah. to the, to the future of where we're heading. So like somebody saying to me, Chris, we want to do this kind of advertising I can look at the PL and go, well, if you wait until June, I can give you 30 grand. But if you want to do advertising now, you can have 16. Yeah. But you can only know that by having a having a PL and knowing how to look at a PL and knowing how, and having the time to sit and study it. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes sometimes you don't know at the start. But if you just start looking at a PL, as long as the figures are, you know, are, are correct that you're inserting into the PL. Just looking at it starts to open, like you start to realise what thing's happening, you know, like you can look at how much you're spending on postage, how much you're spending on marketing, how much you're spending on just petrol. You know, like you, when we are off camera, you mentioned like your team in Dubai, you've quite quickly said to them, nobody's running around Dubai for meetings, people come to us, we're the brand. People come to us if they want to speak to us. All of a sudden, if you turn around and say, okay, let's have a look at – 365 days a year, right? That's like four four teams, six meetings a day. On all, all of a sudden, you might have like forty-seven thousand in fuel, right? <laughs> yeah. And and but if you didn't have a PL or anything like that, you wouldn't know that. You wouldn't say, well, where, how's all these fuel costings coming in this month? Oh, well, we're all on meetings. Well, we're not having that then. Stop. So all of a sudden you can see looking at that PL shows you it's the map it's the whole it's the matrix as you want to call it of how your business is and how it's going and what your projections are and if you're hitting your targets and i think i didn't have a p and for the first uh 18 months of the, of the business because i was when when i spoke to a mentor of mine um and he's and he told me about the the and the first thing i was p I haven't got time to do a PL, I haven't even got time to look at a PL. And that was like that was my mindset. Yeah. I'm too busy listing properties, the wrong ones, by the way. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. So all of a sudden, when you take that back seat and say, No, I'm gonna to start to introduce the PL and Fridays, like if you look at my calendar, my PA, I have on a Friday, that's for me is like admin.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: that's when I'm sitting down and I'm looking at all of the p ls looking at the business, looking at that. So that on Monday, I know like Monday, I have a meeting with um with my ops manager. Tuesday, it's the uh, the owners managers. Wednesday, it's the marketing manager. Thursdays, every day is a different, you know, and we and we plan it out. But I know by spending that Friday of what my conversation is going to be with that particular um, manager the following week.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I, was quite, um, I was quite fortunate because, uh, you know, this is obviously about what we would change. I've, I've always been a numbers and spreadsheet guy. So from day one, I mean, one of – I remember sat on my couch doing all the zero reconciliations. I wanted them all tagged against the right nominal so I could identify, you know, yeah. costs. And I probably had too many variations. Um and it's probably a lot simpler now, but I I was in the numbers and uh, I've always run. I mean, I've got a, a spreadsheet that I've built, which is my company financials. It's my dashboard, as I call it. I think it goes down to about row 450 on, on my Excel. spreadsheet. Every line is something important to do with the business, an area of the business uh, broken into months, into, you know, everything is on there. So as you say, I can, that's almost like. My own PL, but my, my operating PL, and uh, it pulls from the data that we pull from Sage, dump it in the spreadsheet, and then it auto-calculates everything that I want to visually see. Um, but by having a forecast on the numbers, the cash flow, uh, and I think what was really important at the beginning was I could see that they were making profit. So it was motivating to go and get more. Mm-hmm. And I knew, okay, well, on average, I'm making, whatever, 600 a month from that unit so it's costing me 2400 to set one up so i know that i can go and get a unit every four or five months from that profit if i reinvest it back in and it also give me the confidence that okay on average a one bed in newcastle does that a two bed in newcastle does that and that's the average per month so i then know i can't pay any more rent than that you know and um i think the, the numbers is is more important than anybody i think oh. I think it's warren buffett i think says like if you can't do accounting you basically can't be a business owner like it, mm-hmm. it will not work and you know i even i had the franchisees up uh, a couple of weeks ago in the office and one of the things we were going through was this spreadsheet of mine that i've gotten you know they were asking me questions like well do, do you not have it broken down for property what you're doing and what this and they're like no and um and i, I was saying how important it is if i could if i could probably th- Advise anything anybody do anything, it would be from day one, know what your numbers are every yeah. Step of the way. And yeah, if you don't, you, you're you gonna struggle long term. Um, absolutely, you get yeah. and you might know what's happening, but when I think your numbers are probably more important, when like when COVID hit, I literally got my spreadsheet out and I went, How long have I got before I'm
1: bankrupt? Yeah,
0: <laughs> like absolutely. working all up, but I could do it in about 15 minutes, I wasn't having to. Go and pull this and that and the other and put it all together. And then I knew, okay, well, I know that we are going to get that in. Then I know we still had some bookings in which were stuck. So I was like, I can reinvest that money into a bit of marketing using my skills that I've learned on that side, drive some sales in. I know we can bottom out at about £20 a night and that should be able to get us through a bit of money. And those decisions were basically formed from numbers.
1: Yeah. But well, the numbers are everything, the, the numbers, the numbers are there for a reason. You know, you can see what uh, like I could go into my out and go into our system. If like, you know, we've got about 160 owners under our management, total of about 247 properties. OK, so I can if an owner called me tomorrow and said, how much did how much did how much did I earn? Um, in 2017, hmm. I would go straight to that.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, I can go straight to that and give me an answer within two seconds. You know, it's like, you know, and because th- that's the numbers that you have to be able to see, because for me as well, it's like, OK, you earned, let's say, 100,000, but AES earned 60,000. Yeah. So we're OK with you. You know, yeah. like, you know, you can stay with us type thing. But if you're if you're if we're not earning money or that like that drops below our, you know, our 32 percent, because we won't you know, we want to earn 32 percent in every property minimum yeah and some of them, some properties we earn 67% some 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 58 some more but we want we we want to keep it to 32 yeah minimum because that's where our bottom line holds but knowing your figures and and going back to like the errors that we make at the start and advice for people starting off is start how you mean to go on because you do think today that the figures don't matter because I'm only I'm only earning like four grand a month and I'm only doing about twelve rentals a month. It's so easy to keep in my head. Yeah. but you've got to get disciplined into putting that into a spreadsheet. and even if it's just like seven numbers at the start, it's it's seven important numbers because it, at some point you're going to grow and it's going to get 13 numbers, then eighteen numbers, and there'll come a point where you don't know it in your head and yeah. then and then all of a sudden you can't look at your business and look at it and see and so many decisions are made on looking at the business p and l and and you know like what you've got to understand where you are going and what you can invest you know and and stay and stay safe yeah you know because I mean, I mean you, yeah you've got to manage your business and like you, you know and i think today too many people in short-term rentals because it's so easy to get into and generate revenue they tend to not worry about the figures that much, and and I bet you any money, there's probably ninety five percent of people in the, in our in our industry who are robbing Peter to pay Paul. You know, they're yeah. using somebody else's deposit to 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 pay a balance of somebody else because they they financially got themselves into a little bit of a into a yeah. bit of a, into, a, into a bit of trouble. And I remember I remember me doing that at the start. You know. And I thought, I how do I how do I pay this owner who's due because we've spent too much on ops and our bank balance is x i need to pay x out for this congress in 3 weeks time and we don't have enough money
0: which is not a nice place to be
1: an horrible place to be you know what i mean but that was just mismanagement because i've I, when i went back and looked at it i'd authorized like about 8000 euros of expenses that we didn't need to to to, to uh, but at the time i couldn't see yeah i just thought i just saw money coming in and then i was like thinking that our company was financially in a good place i was making good decisions
0: yeah you can be in pro you can be a profitable business but have no cash flow absolutely yeah like, as you say now like you can make profit but if you go and Maybe do two or three setups that out your cash flow, and then you've you've bled yourself dry. And then, as you say, you might have people to pay or suppliers coming up thirty days, sixty days, whatever it might be. Yeah. You yeah. haven't factored that in because you just think, oh, there's money coming in all the time. So you know, it yeah. well, can be profitable, but you can have no cash flow if you're not careful. Yeah.
1: And but you're not. To- but, but you're also not. Man- you're not managing when the next money's coming in and what's due out. It's like you know, like like I say, like I know exactly every friday what what money has to because we all our all payments go out on a friday for us Mm -hmm. that's just that's just and that that never used to be something that we did somebody if an owner wanted paying we'd pay him on a tuesday some owners would get paid on a wednesday some would get paid on a on a friday morning someone and it all and that got us into a bit of a mess at the start so all of a sudden it was like no 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 fridays is payment day yeah so if an invoice comes in, it goes into the system to be paid on Friday if it's authorized. You know, if it's over ten grand, I have to sign it off. If it's yeah. under ten grand, and then uh, my number two can sign it off. You know yeah. what I mean? But we have systems in place that that, like, like you've mentioned it before, the systems that you have in place today wouldn't matter whether you're managing a thousand properties or ten thousand properties. They would work for both. Scenarios. Yeah. And Good. that's the that's the position you've got to be. So you've got to start off as you meet the be go on. Whether you've got one property and earning a grand a month is start to structure your PL and your finances. I don't structuring your week.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that. We, we used to the payment run the same. It just basically give us an invoice, we'll pay it, and um, and then we, we get we overpaid to we paid the invoice twice, quite a chunky one, you know, because Peter didn't know what Paul was doing. And um we yeah. now do bi weekly on a Wednesday. And that's yeah. it. And invoices are in and they're signed off. They'll get paid. And if they're not in, you've missed the pay run. And no, no, you
1: know, you've get, got to have it. You've got yeah,
0: to have it. Buy that. This is yeah. how we work. If you want to work with us on that basis, great. If you don't, then we can't work. It I, isn't.
1: I mean, it's called net. I mean, it's like, you know, like you call it net. And it's kind of like when you're saying to your owners, it's like, we work on net 10, we work on net 7, which basically means. Seven days seven days after the, the invoice is submitted, we, if it falls onto the Friday. I mean, we work with some of our clients like Google, we're on like net 90. Yeah. Right. So we have to, we send an invoice to Google on the 1st of September. We've got to wait 90 days.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. To get paid. And that's just it. Huh? There's no, you don't, there's no other way around it. That's no, just the way know. that it is. So yeah. we've got to be. We've got to be financially strong enough to be able to 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 manage that, because we can't. I can't say to my own like Google, like, well, I can't secure these properties that you want because we don't have the money to forefront it up. Because I've got to wait for your ninety days. I've got to wait for you to pay first. So yeah. that's a different level of where we've got to. I mean, not everybody's working with big companies like that, and you have to have a. A a did that, from.
0: Um, I did I, hear. I did hear, and I don't know what the truth is, but I heard that someone randomly stuck the 25 million quid invoice into Google and they paid it, like just as a test to see if their accounts department
1: would pay it. Well, but, there's, <laughs> there's, I mean, I don't know if that is, I don't know how true that is, but I do know that um, finance departments have got in, you know, specific, you know, they've got P.O.s that have to be signed, you know. So it's like a, you have to have a purchase order number. So once, even once a contract's signed. Um, then the issue a purchase order number that goes against that contract that's been signed and authorized yeah. so then all of a sudden it's like okay we have to pay AES 180 thousand for example it's like there's a po number for 180 thousand that's in their system. So when I send an invoice for 180 thousand it's got to have that po number on it yeah so then you know it, it kind of has to all kind of match up. But at the same time, it doesn't surprise me if, um, if errors happen because, I mean, years ago, Citigroup, right, Citigroup, before they went into liquidation back in 2009, we used to do all of their accommodation events, right? And one of their events, they had to pay a €50,000 caution on the event because they had, like, 250 people. They wanted top-shelf whiskies all included. So they paid for the event, but there was a €50,000 caution sitting there in case they went over what they wanted to, to have, you know, they didn't go over it, right? And two weeks after the event, our accounts team are sorting out. So all of a sudden, an, an, an email goes back to Citigroup saying, You didn't spend the 50,000 caution. Um, we need to send it back. Can you give us the bank details to send it back? No answer. Right, another answer. And phone calls, phone calls. We have still, we've got to keep it for. We had to keep it for ten years by yeah. French law, but they didn't get it back. And mm-hmm. then, and then they went into liquidation, and all of a sudden we had this fifty thousand that had to sit on a an escrow account for for ten years. But once the ten years had passed, our lawyer said that's your money now. Yeah, yeah. But Mad. so that they, so you can see how their accountancy is so big and. 50000 is a minimal payment for them. Coming back
0: to, you know, the, the point of whether you've got one property or 10,000 properties, if you haven't got the systems in place, I, if you haven't got the systems in place, or you're know, not going to have every system, but, you know, if you haven't got 80% of the systems in place now, you're never going to get to 1,000 units, 10,000 units. No, it's absolutely. just systems and processes that actually get you there. So if you haven't it's got all that, you get there.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, and I think that's what a lot of people don't understand when they're starting off, and then they wonder why they get stuck at like five or six properties and not earning any money. Mm. You know, so there's a there's a, you have to understand what how to grow a business as well as market a business.
0: Yeah,
1: you know what I mean. And I think, and that's why you always got to be able to learn from other people who are running businesses and ask the right questions. What systems do you use? Do they work? Could I use it? Could could you help me implement it into my business? The more, you, the, by asking for help, you can like knock ten years off your growth because you get there quicker just by asking for help. So many people don't ask ask for the ask for the advice that they that's somebody that's, else yeah, has
0: done. I think, without going too in depth on it, I think fundamentally that's what's wrong with the the property educational spaces. It's all about strategy. About like you know, we talk about. Service accommodation um i remember attending um a a webinar by a very large coaching company in the uk um and all they their their basic promotion was take any shit property that you can find and you'll turn it into like a a profitable airbnb which goes against everything we've just talked about about absolutely make sure you got your brand make sure but there's none of that it was just like you can basically take shit and you can make money from it do it you know and there's no but there's not There's no one really talking about, um, you know, the fundamentals of business, marketing, brand building, trust building, uh, accountancy, you know, all these type of things. And, you know, I think that's what's fundamentally going to get you to a successful business, not learning how to deal source or learning how to run a a short term rental. You know, I think you need to know that at the beginning. But once you've known it and you've done it once, you can then do it over and over and over again. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's just relationships. So you'd be better off learning the fundamentals of sales, marketing and accounting, and you will have a successful business than going yes. and learning how to, like I've never done a property, not one thing. I've never done a, a property mentorship or a course or anything, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, I've got to where I've got to, but it's because of the fundamentals of business that I have done. You know, I learned how to do Facebook ads. I learned how to sell. I learned how to communicate. Um, I taught myself how to write spreadsheet formula. I've done a mini course in accounting. You know, it's all these things I think that are, are actually the, the core elements of a business that you can then turn your hand to pretty much any business, you, as long as there's well, a lot out there. Yeah,
1: yeah. absolutely. But it, it's also being able to sit down and, and look at like what we said before about your P&L and having to, to structure your, doesn't matter how big you are as a short-term rental operator, is structure your week. And break your week down into what day you're going to do what and you stick with that you know i don't take meetings after this time i don't do this i don't if you start getting that structure in place so that monday is this tuesday is that wednesday it's this thursday it's that friday it's that and you work on and you include a day for learning and education as well you know to grow in your, in your educational side of it your finance side of it you work on your website side of it your marketing side once you start structuring that's when you start to grow naturally yeah. that's when you start to grow naturally because your business has got structure when your business doesn't have structure you think you're growing but you're not you're just running around on a merry-go-round not actually getting anywhere but looking really really busy yeah doing it you know and the day you can take a step back and have a look at your business and say, you know, where am I? What am I my brand? Do you redo your discovery? What? Where's my goals? What am I looking at? Is my website on point for my brand? Who do I want to be? Am I doing what I want to do? So many people are just, like I said before, with this blueprint, they're not, they haven't identified what type of short-term rental business they want to be. And it all starts there, because then you can build your marketing and your brand reputation around that, and then your systems and your processes and it all just starts like coming together like an orchestra, you know, because that you know that feeds into that and that feeds into that, and then all of a sudden your reputation grows, and then all of a sudden five people with the properties that you want come to you because yeah. they've heard about you. You're not no you're not no longer looking for properties; they're coming to you because you've built that reputation, that trust, that brand. You know, you 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 pay people on time because your systems are there in place to back that up, you know? So your owners all of a sudden are like, no, I don't have any problem with them. Again, reputation. Because, you know, I mean, brand today, everybody talks about brand today, but all brand is is your reputation. Because if you go back 20 years ago, I was just building your reputation. All it is today is just called brand. It's the same thing.
0: Yeah, Yeah.
1: It is the same thing. But if you, reputation is everything. So if you're operating in Coventry, Right, I mean, you're you're a bigger operation, okay? So you're operating in multiple cities, which is a little bit different, um, but principles are the same. If you're operating in Coventry, let's say, your goal is to be the number be the repu- have the reputation to be the number one. Now, being the number one, maybe maybe not, but yeah. do you have the reputation? being number one because as you know as the saying goes you know if you if you get if you've got a reputation for getting up early you can stay in bed all day right so reputation is everything because that's what brand is it's like what are what are people what how do people talk about your business when you're not there
0: yeah
1: and and this is what i think a lot of people don't concentrate on building and i only started building i only started concentrating on reputation and trust marketing and trust building after that meeting I had with with Disney when when they said to me the reason why we use AES is not because of your pricing not because of the quality of the products not because of the it's all because we trust you
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that opened a completely different way of m- me building that my business because I thought so really this is all built on trust yeah and reputation which it because, is because Disney said to me Chris you could lose a property You can turn around to us and say, you know, that doesn't work, or that, or anything can happen, you know, but reputation is reputation, and if we can trust you to solve a problem, to be honest, to Mm -hmm. deliver, that's all we need, because then we have confidence in you as a brand to deliver what we need. Of course, problems are going to happen, but do we trust you enough to be able to solve it? And so reputation is everything. And that's something that I didn't start at this, but you've got to build it. And we've talked about it many times before with trust marketing is not the same as product marketing and reputation building is important. And you do that through community and through specific marketing, through your website, through your brand. And I don't think there's enough people doing that. When you look at the standard of, the Diary Booking websites we see today
0: yeah no, I, yeah I, I totally. cool yeah no I think uh, some absolute gems there for people to pick up on um, and obviously run with especially if you are starting again it is difficult you know it's, it's hard to hear it but you know especially when you've got money dangling in your face and you've got to turn it down but um, you know you've got to think of the bigger picture um, we will be back in a couple of weeks Chris as yep. always thanks a million and, you're welcome uh, I'll catch up with you soon. It's great
1: to be here. Take care. Take care. Thanks.